It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. The Oklahoma City Thunder get another win sweeping the L.A. Clippers out of town for their second one of the year because Alexei Pokashevsky truly showed up in this game. Plus, how did SGA handle getting four fouls in the first half and Trey Mann's step back that was heard around the world? We'll talk about all of that and more coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder. Your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network. Your teams every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com. Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOTHUNDERPOD. Email the show, LOTHUNDERPOD at gmail.com. On today's show, let's dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder sweeping the LA Clippers as this game was just incredible. You had Shea go for 24 points. You had Trey Mann pop off. Pokashevsky was incredible. Lou Dort had the best game of his season. And the Thunder have a two-game winning streak, winning both games over LA and OKC. And that's how they come to their two-win record after a 0-3 start. Wow. What a time it is. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. Your next listen, go check out the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. Everything you need in under 30 minutes or less from the biggest stories around all of sports. Check it out today, Lockdown Sports. Now, let's start in this game the way we always do with our game overview. In this game, Josh Giddy was out with an ankle injury. Chet Holmgren is out, of course, for the entire season. Jalen Williams out with an orbital bone uh, fracture. Eugenio Marui was out with the G League designation. You don't want to use up too many of his, too many of his 50 days in that two-way contract. And then 
Lindy Waters III and Jalen Williams were both DNP coaches' decision. The Thunder starters in this one were SGA, Trey Mann, Lou Dort, Aaron Wiggins, and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Now, the starters by minutes, so the five most minutes, SGA, Lou Dort, Aaron Wiggins, Pokashevsky, and Darius Baisley by just 12 seconds over Trey Mann. So, you know, really, you can, you can look at that with Trey Mann as well. Uh, the Clippers start out with Reggie Jackson, Norman Powell, Terrence Mann, Paul George, and Zubak. And, of course, off the bench was John Wall, who was fantastic in this game. But the biggest story was SGA and was the officiating, really. Uh, because in this game, the Thunder did not take their first free throw attempts until the 10-22 mark in the fourth quarter. And SGA has four fouls in the first half. Uh, so this was not ideal for Shea. This is not ideal for your superstar point guard of the future and uh, you know future all-star and playing at this level right now through these small sample size amount of games at an all-NBA clip. Uh, getting four fouls in the first half was not great. They had a push-off call for Shea. They had a charge call for Shea. That was two of the four that he acquired in that first half. And then a ticky-tack call around the rim. And then it, it totals up to four fouls. And Shea had 24 points at the end of the game. 24 points, six assists, five rebounds, three steals. He shot 43% from the floor, two for four from three, and two for two at the line. He did not start the second half. And I think that this should be noted, as Mark said after the game, is a testament to his leadership. And, you know, you can't do this with every other star in the league. You can't You can't go to, you know, every other. Don't want to single them out by name because, you know, you don't, you don't want to do that. But, you know, you can't go to everyone else's number one guy in their organization and say, look, you've got four fouls. You're not starting the second half. They just wouldn't go for that. Or they'd pout. Or they just wouldn't have the right vibes. But Mark talked about how SGA was awesome about it and had and that he had trust in his teammates. SGA said there was no conversation. Mark said, hey, you're not starting the second half. Everyone knew why, and they moved on and had you know faith in the group that started the second half uh, in SGA's place. He was still very engaged defensively. He even got a steal uh, defending Paul George, got switched on to him, denied Paul George the entry pass uh, with a steal, one of, just th- one of his three steals on the night, uh, which was awesome. And... Even in this game that he had four fouls, his composure and his ability to play under pressure was on full display. We mentioned the 24 points that he scored earlier. That is a tough, tough 24 points. And to still shoot effectively at 43% from the floor. Because the Clippers tried everything. They picked him up high. They blitzed him off pick and rolls and turned that into a double team where they just ignored the roll man and just only worried about SGA and double teaming from there. They tried the box in one. They tried being physical. They tried to do anything that they could to throw him off their rhythm and say, you know what? We're going to force anyone else on this team to step up and to beat us. And luckily for the Thunder, other players did step up. But what I want to talk about here is as the Clippers game plan their entire life and their entire defense, I should say, to be less dramatic, entire defense around SGA with those high pickups, with those blitzes, with the double teams in the box in one and being physical. They tried everything that they can, and SGA has one turnover. Now, in the box score, he'll have three. The push-off is a turnover. The charge is a turnover. But in terms of just true, out-of-sorts playmaking with his ball handling or passing, there's only one uh, turnover for SGA. And it was on a play in which 
it was like a pick and roll with Muscala, and I think that he thought that Muscala was going to pop, but Muscala actually ends up uh, rolling, and he's not there at the top of the key to get the bounce pass, and it just goes the other way. So through all of that attention, through all of that pressure, one turnover for your star guard. That, to me, shows you the type of production, the type of player you can expect whenever the moment gets big, whenever these things uh, get into the half court. And Ty Lue pointed out before the game, this is kind of a playoff feel of you're playing the same team back-to-back. You just saw what they did in game one. Now you get your counterpunch. Now you get to adjust. Now you get to de- now you get to see uh, how you can implement a different game plan against these guys. And Nick Batum was picking up the distance of the court and was playing very physical and getting into the body of Shea. You have Paul George on the other side. You have Reddy Jackson. You have these defenders. That's how you, Ty Lue liked to use on, on SGA. And it was very obvious that the, that the Clippers were trying to deny SGA whenever that they could. But SGA not only overcame that, but did not press, did not get too, too wide-eyed, did not get too razzled. Whenever that physicality came, whenever that pressure came, he just made the right play. He didn't try to do too much. He didn't try to get hard-headed and still drive on three people. He trusted his teammates. He got them the basketball in a safe manner, and it opened up the floor for the Thunder as a whole. And it allowed Pokashevsky to hit a corner three for the dagger. It allowed Trey Mann to dance and hit that step-back three. It allowed Poka to hit the freaking logo shot that we're going to talk about later on. It allowed all these different things because your star player was able to adapt to the game, was able to adapt to the moment was able to look at that challenge and take it on in the proper manner versus taking it on in more of a ball-dominant way, which could have still worked out maybe, but it's an easier pathway to victory, an easier pathway to success whenever you get the ball and make the right decision passing-wise whenever you have all that defensive attention on you. Because if they're going to give you that much attention, somebody's going to be open. And to trust the teammates like that was a huge deal, in my opinion, for Shea in this one. SGA was awesome, and a credit to him. Four fouls in the first half, zero in the second half. Uh, Mark talked about how one thing they're going to look at tomorrow during film is there was a few plays he said in the second half where you know Shea could have been more physical defensively legally, where he wouldn't have gotten a foul call or shouldn't have been uh, given a foul call in that scenario where it was clear that to Mark that Shea was basically just timid defensively because he didn't want to get that fifth, sixth foul. And Mark was saying and explaining Look, if I've put you back out there, I trust you, and I want you to go play your game independent of how many fouls that you've been called on you know, and how many fouls you've been charged with. Just go out there and play. You can't be scared of your fifth or sixth foul. Go out there and play. And so he said that, that, that they'll look at that in film tomorrow and discuss that with Shea and Lou Dort, who also picked up four fouls in this one uh, relatively early on. Lou Dort picked it up, I want to say, like two minutes into the third quarter, it felt like, so it was really early for him as well. Uh, you know, I, I think that... That's also a great learning experience for SGA, but in general, you have to be thrilled with how your number one option handled being the number one option against a a deep playoff team uh, in LA that, you know, you're going to see that caliber of defense and that those strategies implemented for the rest of SGA's career. Teams are going to try box and one. Teams are going to try double teams. Teams are going to try blitzing the pick and roll. Teams are going to try everything that they can, being physical, doing whatever they can, putting a body into you to throw off SGA as an elite prolific score. And his first, you know, tested at this season, he's been tested at that before, obviously, but this season, huge, huge success, huge success for um, 
SGA and for the Thunder as a whole. You can have a huge success involving SGA if you go to Prize Picks. Prize Picks has 100% deposit match up to $100. Use the code locked on. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. You can download right now the Prize Pick app or go to prizepicks.com. So the Prize Pick app or prizepicks.com. That is Prize Picks. It's really simple. It's daily fantasy where it's just you versus the projected numbers. So you don't have to worry about going up against like actual sharks that, that play fantasy for a living and you just have no shot to beat. All you do is it's, it's really fun. Load up the app, prize picks app or prizepicks.com. And you know, let's say Saturday against Dallas. Will SGA score over or under 25 points against Dallas? Will Luca have over or under eight assists against Oklahoma city? You just take those projections and, and what do you think will happen? You predict it. I think that Shea will go for over 25 points. If he gets 26 or more, you win. And that's all there is to it. So go there right now. Check out Prize Picks. Download the app. We're going to prizepicks.com. Use code locked on for a 100% deposit match up to $100. Check it out today. That's prizepicks.com or the Prize Picks app. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We are here for you talking Thunder basketball. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the box score and behind the scenes with local experts and insight from the Locked On Podcast Network that only we can provide you Locked on sports today available on this app. You're listening to right now, YouTube or wherever else you get your podcast from. Check it out today. Locked on sports today. Well, what a game it was. We talked SGA earlier. We talked about him being the catalyst of the offense, even with those four early fouls. Pokashevsky deserves a ton of credit. 26 minutes played 15 points, three assists, six rebounds, a block. Let's focus on the first thing first, 26 minutes a game. In, in this game, he, he coming into this game, he had been experiencing, you know, the Wednesday opener against Minnesota. He had a huge bulk minutes, you know, Saturday against Denver played like 12 minutes Sunday did not play a lot. Tuesday did not play a lot, played kind of in short bursts and doses. And this game, he played 26 minutes. That's, that's incredibly difficult to have your minutes fluctuate that way and play as well as he did. So credit to him for being able to, to, do what Mark wants. Mark wants these players to be ready to play no matter what they did the game before, what they projected to do the game after, just be in the moment, be in the game. And Poku was doing that in this game. He had 15 points, three assists, six rebounds, a block, three for five from three, 54% shooting from the floor. What a game. He hit a three from the Paycom Center logo, which was the dagger in this one. He hit that corner three, which extended the lead in the fourth quarter. Pogoshevsky was just awesome. He had really good passes that either went as hockey assists or 
just non-makes by his teammates. So the three assist number is a little low and not indicative of how good he was as a passer. I thought that he was better physically uh, in this one. He slid over and walled up at the rim a lot better. There were, there were still times where he's flat-footed and, and guys were able to Eurostep past him or uh, you know he, he didn't really know when to jump or commit to the jump at the rim. It wasn't perfect, but it was better. And, and it was clearly an improvement from the last couple of games, which were the reason, according to Mark, that he got the quick hook was because he wasn't physical enough uh, against big bodies in the game. This time, he was. He also had a very nice finish at the rim, which was awesome to see. It was like there was this cool play where, you know, SGA was, I believe, around the elbow, um, and he got double teamed, and so he jumps in the air, turns, kicks it to Poku. Poku just, I call that prancing through the lane, just uh, those long strides to the rim with a nice finish. He also had a couple of great defensive possessions. So one of them, he blocked Zubak, and then the Clippers got the ball back and got it out to Paul George to try a three. And wouldn't you know it, Pokashevsky is also closing out on Paul George, getting a great contest and forcing the Paul George miss. And then Darius Baisley's second time blocking a jump shooter went right back to said jump shooter, who then reloaded and shot the ball. But Poku, with all of his length, jumps at the jump sh- uh, shooter, who misses and creates a shot clock violation. That is a testament to a lot of things. Number one, Pokashevsky's ability to cover ground and close out. Uh, Baisley's ability to, to block jump shooters. And this team's overall length and, and why you build a team around length because you can afford to uh, have these contests and have these closeouts that really impact winning basketball games. It was awesome. It was awesome to watch Pokashevsky play in this contest. Lou Dort, I think, had the best game of his season. Uh, he did a really good job defending Paul George. Paul George had like 10 points on uh, 12 shots. I mean, it was really good to see Lou Dort um, guard Paul George. Obviously, Paul George's first game back from sickness, so uh, take that into consideration as well. But Lou Dort finishes with 21 points, four assists, three rebounds, two steals. He shot 60% from the floor. Still just one for five from three, but he did so many other things to impact the game that it balances out. And that was kind of the problem with these earlier games where he wasn't impacting the game enough offensively, where in this game... He got uh, four assists. He made some great decisions as a rim finisher. Uh, st- still shot 60% from the floor, uh, despite going one for five from three. So that shows you how good he was at the rim. Much better decision maker also at the rim. Not only did he go up and finish strong, but there was a beautiful play where he had uh, a dribble drive at the rim. It pulls Zubak out from underneath the restricted area. And then Wiggins cuts back door and Lou Dort keeps his dribble alive. He could have easily just lowered the shoulder like he would have last year barreled into Zubak and try to get a try to get a foul or a bucket, but instead he keeps his dribble alive, has the dump off pass to Wiggins, and Wiggins has an easy bucket, and the Thunder get two easy points. Now, he was a plus eight team in this game, only one turnover in this contest. Remember, with with SGA playing on with four fouls and not starting the second half, a lot was put onto Lou Dort's um, offensive plate at that point, and Lou Dort handled the ball and handled the the ability or the moment pretty well, all things considered despite shooting one for five from three. Eventually, the three-point shot will level out, and I think it will at least be what it was last year. Uh, I think it's just a really bad spell from him right now from beyond the arc. Uh, so, Darius Baisley deserves credit, too. One for two from three, 44% shooting from the floor on nine attempts, nine rebounds, nine points and assists, three blocks, two of which were three-pointers, only one turnover, which was which was bad. It was a lazy inbound pass, uh, where Batum was putting pressure and pressing man in the backcourt. Lazy inbound pass gets to turn- a turnover and an easy uh, a deuce for uh, Batum. But he plays elite-level defense. 
He's a scrappy rebounder. He's an aggressive uh, driver and a good role man. And he plays a solid 20 to 25 minutes in this game. That is his role. That is what the Thunder should look for out of him from now on, what the Thunder should want him to be in this role. And so he deserves credit for playing his role. He doesn't need to be a superstar or an all-star or or show this, this uber potential. He needs to be what he was in this game against the Clippers. A Trey man, though. I mean, he, it feels like he's taking the leap right before our eyes. 14 points, two assists. I should say 14 points, two steals, three assists, three rebounds, four for seven from three, five for 12 overall. He had a step back in this game where it's just unbelievable the way that he danced with Paul George, one of the, one of the best defenders in the NBA. He dances with Paul George, who has the length and, and, and the defensive prowess, and just knocks down a triple over him. It's awesome. He played a flawless game. A flawless game. He had one turnover in the stat sheet, but if you go watch that turnover, he ne- you know, Trey Mann creates a steal, never fully grabs the steal, and has it taken right back from him. I'm not going to count that as a turnover. I'm just not. He was incredible. And Mark was asked uh, a good question after the game. You know, how does Trey Mann still create so much space with the step back, even though everyone knows it's coming? And Mark said a funny line and then also a very serious line. So the, the funny line was that he said that Trey Mann has special feet and that, he, and that Mark really likes Trey Mann's feet. Uh, so he told us to tell Trey Mann that. But, uh, so uh, we'll tell all of you that as well. But the more basketball one was what's made Trey Mann step back so lethal is not just his ability to dribble, not just his ability to uh, you know, bend his knees and, and move his feet and shuffle the feet around him and get uh, you know, a, a leaping backward motion that way. But it's because you cannot defend him for the step back. Because if you try to just you know force him inside the arc, he's shown you he can finish a rim as well. He's shown you that he can shoot in the mid-range as well. He's shown you that he can shoot at all those levels. So you have to guard him straight up. And at that point, you're on your heels. If you're guarding Trey Mann straight up, you're on your heels. Because if you over-pursue that step back, you can tease it and then go to the rim. If you go too far off of him to try to protect the drive, he can just spot up shoot. Like there, he can just score in such a multitude of ways that were that was on full display against the Clippers. Even though he only had 14 points, it was awesome to see. Trey Mann was awesome in this game. We'll talk about Kenny Hustle as well off the bench as the best bench player. Plus, how the Thunder won this game overall against the Clippers. The bet of the day and what's to come on the Lockdown Thunder podcast. All that is coming up on today's Lockdown Thunder podcast. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LO Thunder Pod. Make sure you're checking out Locked On Sports today for the biggest storylines of the day with Pete Bukowski giving you all you need to know in 30 minutes or less of the biggest topics around 
all of sports, every league, college football, NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, everything that you need. Check it out today. Now, I think that one of the best bench players for the Thunder, we've talked about Baisley, we've talked about Pokashevsky, was Kenny Hustle. 12 points off the bench, three assists, two steals, shot two for four from three, tough mid-range jumper. Uh, Kenny Hustle did some dirty work, obviously. It's in the name for, for him. Uh, he was really good in this one. But how did the Thunder win this game? We mentioned before, the Thunder did not shoot a free throw. Did not shoot a free throw until the 10-22 mark of the fourth quarter. The free throw disparity for this game saw the Clippers shoot 18 free throws. And the Thunder shoot 8. 18 to 8 in the free throw category. Shea had to play with four fouls in the first half. Lou Dort picked up four early on in the second half. The Thunder were outboarded 44 to 36. A little bit deceiving because I felt like, and I'll have to go back on my rewatch tomorrow. We reach every game in the morning. So every game I go back and rewatch it, I'll have to see if this just checks out again whenever I can slow the game down and everything. But it felt like the rebound category was kind of skewed by the Thunder just being a step slow on long rebounds, which is where I think that the, that the Clippers got this disparity is in those longer rebounds off of uh, missed jump shots from the Clippers. Uh, the Clippers had eight more turnovers. In this game, coming into it, Ty Lue said that the goal for the Clippers was to control you know their turnovers and get those cut down and, and, and get better on the rebounding uh, battle. They did get better rebounding-wise. They were terrible in turnovers. They had three turnovers in like three minutes. The first three minutes of the game, they had three turnovers. They had eight more total than the Thunder did whenever the game was all said and done. The Clippers do win points in the paint, 68-54. The Thunder won second chance points, 21-11. Uh, the Clippers actually won the fast break point category this, this time, 21-13. to But I think that this was one of the better offensive games for the Thunder, even despite missing three of their better offensive players. Obviously, Chet Holmgren would be an incredible player to have, but you're going to miss him all year. Uh, Josh Giddy out, one of your best playmaking setup guy that, that you have, plus a really good rim finisher and a really good uh, player in general. And then Jalen Williams, who I think is going to be an awesome high-impact player offensively. Missing all those guys, but still the Thunder shot 75% at the rim. They shot 50% uh, from the corner three spot and 41% on non-corner threes. This was a fantastic game for their offense in this one. They limit Paul George to just 10 points on uh, 12 shots, but the Clippers did have six in double figures, just as the Thunder did. But John Wall was the best player on the floor for the Clippers. 17 points off the bench. He was awesome in this one. Uh, really looks good so far this year, so I'm happy for John Wall. Uh, as a little quick aside, Jalen Williams was out, of course, in this game because of that orbital bone fracture, but he's getting to that seven-day window tomorrow, uh, and you know the, the window was like 7 to 10 for the next reevaluation of him. He was shooting pregame uh, with a mask and did not wear sunglasses on the bench uh, during the game, which was a step in the right direction for him. Uh, speaking of that, the vibes on this team by everyone I've talked to in all accounts are immaculate. And in this one, you saw Chet, you saw Giddy, you saw Jada and Eugenio Murray all in street clothes, all on the bench, but all really engaged in the game. They were paying attention in huddles. They were hyping up their teammates after made shots. Jalen Williams was fighting for SGA to get a foul call on a transition bucket where he got hacked and there was no call. Like They were very in tune with the game. They weren't just sitting there, hands on their knees, uh, looking up and down the court and maybe giving a little golf clap. They were really involved in the game and really paying attention uh, in, in this one. I thought that that was awesome to see that buy-in still, even from players who 
you know, aren't on the floor right now. The Thunder remain undefeated against the spread. The spread was OKC plus eight and a half. That, of course, clears because the Thunder won outright. The MVP of this game was SGA. I, th- I thought that it was really special stuff that he was able to handle this game the way that he did. Up next for the Thunder, uh, Locked on Thunder podcast, we're going to have a stock watch episode talking about the Thunder stock watch, whose stock is rising, whose stock is falling, and an around the NBA portion of that as well on the next episode. Plus, we're going to recap that Mavericks game on Sunday. Monday will be the scariest storylines from the Thunder season so far as a Halloween special. Tuesday is a mailbag episode. Wednesday, magic recap. Thursday, a college basketball preview with Mavs draft on Twitter, Richard Stamen. Friday is a Nuggets recap from that game on Thursday. So a jam-packed week ahead at Locked On Thunder. Make sure that you stay locked on by subscribing anywhere you get your podcast from, including on YouTube, and drop down below in that comment section on YouTube. Who was the most impressive player to you in this game tonight for the Thunder and as a whole in this game? So do that for me right there. Come back tomorrow for more Locked On Thunder. Until then, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 